This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. I'm excited to, to get into God's Word this morning, and you know, I was talking to Pastor Jenna before service, and I've had the opportunity to share with you guys. This is, I think, the fourth time in about the last six or eight months, and um, first of all, I want to say thanks to Pastor Ron and the elders for the opportunity to share with you guys. It's, it's an honor, and also, can we just give Pastor Ron thank you for leading us as a church? Um, thank you. I know you don't like a round of applause, but... <laughs> um, this last year and a half, I would have to imagine it's been your hardest year leading um, through things that you've never experienced before. So thank you for your leadership in that. But um, so I've, this is the fourth time that I, I've got to share with you guys. And um, yeah, a lot of people um, ask me, you know, do you get nervous when you get up there, even for announcements or giving? Um, no, I, I don't really get nervous anymore. But um, you know, today for whatever reason, like there's there's just this anxiousness about what I want to share, and I think it's because, in my opinion, this is the most important thing that I feel like I need to share with you guys. Um, and, and I'm sure the more that I get the opportunity to share, I probably will feel like that every week. But today, uh, this is the most important one, right? Um, because we're talking about the church. I think it's, it's probably up there. We are the church. And um, you guys, this is so, so important. And I'm, I'm going to get into that. And I've got really three parts to the message that we're going to share today. The first one is just going to kind of um, outline biblically what, what is the church. Um, second, we're going to talk about some, um, some problems, maybe, you could say. I don't even know if that's the right word. And I think that's why I'm nervous today. Is I don't feel like I have the words to express what I feel like God's asking me to share with you guys. Um, and third, we're going to talk about where, where we can go from here. So can we just start with prayer? Father, um, God, we just thank you for your word. And God, this morning, I pray as we dig into your word, that your word would guide us. Um, God, that it wouldn't be anything that I have to say, Lord. It wouldn't be my opinions, God, but it would be your word. And God, may that be true really of, of our whole lives, Lord, that we're, we're guided by your word in everything we say and do. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room. We invite you into our lives. We ask for more of you. We need you. God, we, we can't do this apart from you. And God, I pray that you'll for, forgive us for the times that we've tried to. In your name we pray. Amen. So um, I've got a ton of scripture, and I don't know if I'm going to get through all of it. Um, it's in your study guides. I want to encourage you guys to, um, to study it in your own time. Um, it's so important that the Word of God leads and guides and directs our lives. There's so many things that fight for that attention. May the Word of God be the number one thing that, that leads and guides and directs our lives. Amen. So like I said, the first part this morning, we're just going to kind of outline biblically, um, and, and there's a lot of scripture. I, I couldn't share all of them, but biblically, what is the church? We are the church, right? This, this building is the church, but we say it, the church is more than these four walls. Uh, it's it's kind of confusing if, if we're honest, like we know what it is, but we don't. It, it's almost a mystery. 
Um, so let's, let's just look at some different scripture. Um, we're going to start in Acts 2.42. This is one of my favorite passages. I'll probably say that a lot today. Um, this is one of my favorite passages, though. Um, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And so notice like some of the characteristics that we'll start seeing. This is characterizing the church. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, and all the believers were together and had everything in common. That's, that's like mind-blowing in today's society. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need, and every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Let's read that again. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Um, I just love this because you can just go through and you can see so many important characteristics of what the church was. See, it wasn't about a building, but they still met, met in the building. They met in the temple courts, but it wasn't just about the home either, but, but they met in their homes. You know, it was this community. You can kind of start to grasp what was going on here, this community of people, like-minded people who did life together, right? Um, it, it talks about praising the Lord. It talks about sharing meals together. It talks about giving sacrificially. They were literally selling things that they owned so that they could give to those that were in need and advance this mission. And we also see this element of growth. It says that the Lord added to their number daily. So we can see all these characteristics working together. And it, it's a beautiful picture, in my opinion, of, of what the, the first church was after, after God had sent his Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as people, but now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. And I love this too, because this isn't talking to just um, people that are in full-time ministry or to pastors or to worship leaders. This is to everyone. It says that, that you are a royal priest, a holy nation, that once you were lost, you were living in darkness, but now you are living in light. But church, if we could just grasp the reality of this, right? Like this is, this is such good news. You were, you were taken out of darkness and brought into, into light. And then it takes it even further in 1 Corinthians, and there's two references in 1 Corinthians. I'm just going to read one because um, it, it essentially says the same thing. Um, 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 6.19, do you know that you are God's temple? Do you know that you're God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. See, we're a temple of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to share um, throughout how, how we, I, am the church, because I am a temple for the Holy Spirit. And um, in 619, it says that, um, that God brought us with a high price, so we must honor our body because we're honoring the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's us. That's my body. It's your body. That's who we are, right? Um, and so what I want to do real quick um, 
is I wanted to share a little bit about my story, my testimony. Um, I graduated high school in 2008. I, it's hard to believe I've been out of school longer than I've been in school now. I feel old. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> graduated in 2008, and um, I, I had a lot of um, choices, opportunities in front of me. I, I was fortunate enough to graduate in the top 10 of my class. Um, I was one of those students that um, I didn't study for tests. I just got A's, and people you know, kind of gave you that look like, I don't like that guy. You know, that, that's where I was, and I, I felt all this pressure that I, I needed to figure out my career, and, and to be honest, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I had no idea, so I went to school because that's what society told us to do, you know, go to, go to college. So I went to college and um, went for one year, my freshman year of college, and just really um, felt like, God, I don't know what's going on here. Um, I was raised in church. I was, I was saved by all means. I've been baptized, been in church my whole life. Um, I didn't really um, have uh, a sense of what God's direction was for me. Um, I, I lived a good life, but um, in a lot of ways, I think I was judgmental through high school of, of people who weren't saved. Um, so anyways, I'm trying to figure this out, and in the process, um, our, our youth pastor, who was here at the time, invited me to do two things, to go on a mission trip and to join the internship here. And I joined the internship with the intention of, I'm gonna figure out my life. I'm gonna take this year, this nine months, I'm gonna figure out my life, what do I wanna do? Um, I had no intentions of going into ministry, zero. Like I, I would tell them, I'm, I'm not here to, to do this, I'm not here to go into ministry. Um, and so I took that year, I went on that mission trip, and through that mission trip in that year, um, I fell in love with the church. And, and with God in a real way and, and his plan and his mission for my life that there, there's something more. And, and I know there's a lot of parents in this room, maybe even grandparents, and you're like, how do I, how do I help my kids, um, you know, so they, so they end up right? And I just want to share two things, um, maybe three. <laughs> um, get them into God's presence. Help them to study the word and help them serve in the church. That season where I served um, in the church, I did everything, anything and everything I could get my hands on. I grew more in that season than any season of my life through serving and through studying his word. If there's one thing that we could walk away from today, it's that, right? And so, so through that, like I said, I, I fell in love with the church and, and God's plan, his, his mission that he's given all of us. It's not just for Pastor Ron, it's not just for the elders, it's for all of us as believers um, to, to take this message forth to the ends of the earth. That's, that's for all of us. It's the one thing that Jesus left us with, to take this message to the ends of the earth. And I fell in love with that. Um, and at some point in that, in that process, my, my thinking shifted from, I never want to work here to, I really want to work here. Like, I, I love this, you know, I'm passionate about something. I don't, I don't care about the schooling anymore. Um, and so, so that was, that's kind of my story that's, that led me to, you know, why, why are you in ministry? That's, that's why. Um, but, but in that, you know, we, we start taking a look at the church and we see this biblical example, this biblical account of what the church was through some of the scriptures I read. And, you know, the church is unique. I, I said it before, it's kind of like a, a mystery in some ways because, because you're the church and I'm the church and together we're the church, right? Um, but it's not about this building. Like we could meet outside, we could meet somewhere else and it's still church. Um, furthermore, there's, there's hundreds, I think I heard recently there's about 300 churches in Muskegon 
Lincoln County right now um, that are actively meeting in some form. Um, and, and then West Michigan and Michigan and around the country, around the world this morning. Like, just think about that for a minute, that there's literally tens of hundreds of thousands, probably millions of, of other believers meeting together this morning, just like we are. We are, we are the church family. That's, that's who we are. We, we have this identity that Christ has given us, right? First um, Corinthians says it this way, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit and all share the same spirit. You know, I, I like to think of it this way. Um, there's this quote, and I forgot, I forgot who originally said it, but it says, the church is only the church when it exists for others, that is, for outsiders. And, you know, the church is unique because when you first come to the church, it's, it's all about you, right? Like, we're trying to get you saved. We're trying to share this, this great message with you. But then once you get saved, you're, you're on the team now. I mean, it'd be like if you go to Target enough times that all of a sudden Target hires you in and says, hey, you're part of us now. Come work. You know, my wife would be on that team. She's, she's not allowed to go to Target anymore. <laughs> um, it, the, you, you become part of the team, and it's unique. There's no really other organization that works quite like the church does, and I think God made it that way, that there's nothing like this. Our, and in a lot of ways, I think our human words can't even accurately describe what the church is, right? It, it's unique. It's you. It's me. It's us. It's all of us. That's unique. But um, this morning, what I want to share, and this is the heart of, of what I want to share, is that the church is in danger. I don't mean like any real physical danger, like you're, you're safe here this morning. Um, but the church in America specifically, in my opinion, is in danger. Um, and the problem, it, it lies deep, deeper than anything that can be found on a physical level. Um, even before covid Church attendance was um, declining across the board. Church attendance was declining. Um, and to put it simply, and th this might bother some people, um, people don't care about God or church as much as they used to. And maybe you're like, well, yes, I do. I just, I'm busy. I've got other priorities. I've got things that are taking my time. I've got my kids' sports. Um, I've got to sleep in. Then it became COVID, right? Um, COVID happened. And, and we just don't care about church, about God as much as we used to. And, and, and that, that's a tough pill to swallow, I think. Um, yeah, that's, that's hard, you guys. Now in a, in a post-COVID world, um, the average church is running at roughly 35% of the numbers that they were at before COVID happened. 35%. I think we're, I think we're on the, the plus side of that, um, which is amazing, but, but it's still, a, you know, a fraction of what it was before. Um, many pastors agree that there are likely members that used to come that they'll never see again. It's almost like we um, hit the reset button before pushing save. You guys ever do that? Like maybe your computer freezes or um, you're playing a video game and, you know, I don't play video games anymore. I used to when I was a kid and um, it, it freezes and you got to hit the reset button, but you lost all your progress. So you got to go back to the checkpoint, you know? Sometimes that would work in my favor. Like if I'm losing a game in Madden, like 
reset, like go back and start over. Um, but that's a lot of ways what I feel like happened with the church is like we, we were all the way up here and then the reset button got hit and we were like, we, we didn't hit save, you know? And now we're, now we're way back here. We're miles behind where we felt like we once were. And it, it's, it's everyone, it's young people, it's old people that are distancing themselves from the church. You know, if, um, if it were as easy um, to go to the gym as we make it to go to church, I think a lot more people would go to the gym, right? Like, if we just had to go one or two times a month and then we were in shape, like, man, how many more people would go to the gym? But, but then we treat God that way, like, I'm just gonna go when it's convenient or, or one or two times a month and um, think that that's enough. Like, no one, no one would say that, that you could be physically fit treating the gym that way or, or thinking about your health. Like, I'm going to eat donuts all month long and then, you know, once or twice a month eat a salad and, and we'll be good, right? But here we are, like, this is how we treat God. This is how we treat the church. You know, sometimes I think it can be difficult to identify problems when we're so close to it. The other day, my, my wife and I, we were just sitting down at the end of the night and we had been busy all day running around trying to keep our kids alive. And um, we've got two kids under three, if you remember how that goes, just trying to keep them alive. And they're in bed. We sit down and, you know, you just want to relax. And my wife, Molly, she, she said something that really stood out to me. Um, there had been a chair that got left out by the fireplace. And she said, you know, we should probably put that chair back, otherwise that's going to become its new home. And I looked around our house last night and I saw a lot of things that found new homes, right? You guys probably have these things like that vase that you just kind of left on the counter um, six months ago and it still sits on your counter. <laughs> or the chair that you leave by the fireplace. Or I was looking at our bookshelf yesterday and it's got all these nicely organized books. And then there's this little Detroit Red Wings alarm clock. It was, we got it as a door prize to the last fun thing we went to before COVID, the Red Wings game. And for some reason, I set it on the bookshelf and there it has sat for 18 months now. <laughs> like all these neatly organized, aesthetic, you know, bookshelf and then Detroit Red Wings alarm clock <laughs> right in our living room. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> You know, I think that for far too long, church, that we've left little messes all over the house thinking that, well, we'll deal with that in time. We'll deal with it in time. We'll take care of it tomorrow. And, and we just have never dealt with them in the church, right? These, these little messes. We'll deal with that tomorrow. We'll take care of that. We'll fix that program. We'll fix this issue. And we, we just never do. I'll read some statistics to you guys. Um, I'm a statistics research person. Um, and it's talking about specifically young people. Young people are leaving the church when they reach their high school and college years in staggering numbers. It's as if the teenage years are a free trial on a product and when they, it's their choose to, choice to buy into church life, they opt out. A recent study um, by the Barna Group, and they're one of, um, in my opinion, the leading um, Christian research groups in the country. Um, they share that three out of every five young adults who were once regular churchgoers leaves the church either permanently or for an extended period of time after the age of 15. This is all um, 2018 and prior, so like, let's try and factor COVID into this. We can't. Um, Recent studies point that the, to this decline, stating that somewhere between 23 and 25% of Americans attend church on a given Sunday. This was in 2018. 
But it's more than just statistics. At the heart of this issue are the irreverent, blunt, and often painful personal stories of young Christians or young adults who once thought of themselves as Christians but have left the church and sometimes their faith. Whether these accusations are entirely true, the problem remains the same, and that's that the church as a whole, not just life change, I'm not pointing this at just you guys or or me, um, is doing a poor job preparing the next generation to follow Christ in a rapidly changing culture. To be clear, um, the problem is not that the next generation is being less churched. Similar studies show that four out of every five young adults report spending at least part of their developmental years in a church. Um, And the problem equates to a drop-off of 43% beginning of adulthood. And if these present trends continue, it's estimated that by the year 2050, that um, church attendance will be half of what it was in 1990. Half of what it was. So, you know, what, what's going on here? What are, what are these little messes? And I'm going to share a few things. Um, I don't want to um, presume to know it all. Um, because I don't. These are just some things that I feel like I can identify. Um, I think that there's a lot of broken foundations that young people's faith, um, and and really everyone's faith, has been built on on broken foundations. The Bible says that anything built on a foundation apart from Christ is destined to fail, right? So broken foundations of false doctrines of materialism and consumerism within the church, entertainment, keeping up with culture, trying to win young people or trying to win anybody by entertainment is destined to fail. I love what Pastor Ron shared recently is that um, it was a father sharing about his, his daughter that left the church is that he said, I raised her in the church and not in Christ. Let me tell you something, church. Religion, apart from the power of Christ fueling it, is dead. We need the power of Christ fueling our churches. Um, Furthermore, um, and this might be shocking to some people, maybe not, um, division. Um, Christianity, believe it or not, is the most divided faith group on earth right now, and it isn't even a close second. You might be like, you're exaggerating, you know? Well, tell tell me another religion that has more than two or three divisions or factions to it. And here we are with Christianity. We have literally thousands of denominations and ministries and theologies and methodologies, each thinking that their own is superior. Have we considered how outsiders must view the church, right? Like imagine someone who's completely unchurched trying to go online and and seeking out um, a church and and all they find is all these denominations and splits and and cross-advertising and and open slander about um, other churches, other denominations. If the church is supposed to be a reflection of the image of God and the aroma of Christ to those who are perishing, it's no wonder that people are not attracted. So, so where do we go from here? That's, that's what we have to ask ourselves, right? Um, I hope that by this point you can see the problem, but where do we go from here? You might be like, yeah, Jonathan, I see it. Um, a lot of ways the problem is like our national debt. It's increasing by the minute, but none of us feel like we can do anything about it. Like, what do we do? Or, or maybe we say, well, that's Pastor Ron's job. He's got to take care of that. Or that's the elder's job. They've got to take care of this. Well, if we go back to the beginning, to our opening scriptures, um, the Bible says that I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if I'm the temple, that means that I have to be actively engaged in doing something about this, right? So much, so much going on. Where do we even begin? In a lot of ways, I think that that maybe Jesus felt the same way when God was like, all right, Jesus, it's time. I'm going to send you. And and he's like, "Where, where do I start? And this is all he said. 
He summed everything up into this, love God and love people. The whole law can be summed up into this, love God and love people. So um, a few things, and I I know I'm already running out of time. Um, We gotta get back to the basics, church. We have to get back to the basics. And it starts with this, be with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. We must invite him into every moment and learn to always be in two places at once, at home and with Jesus, at work and with Jesus, on your commute to work and with Jesus. Bring his presence into the routine of your daily life. Seek him by shutting out the noise of this world, prayer and worship, Bible reading and study, fasting, resting in him. Acts 4.13 says it this way that um, Peter and John, has, they were confronted by the council um, and they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training, but they also recognized them who had been with Jesus. I love that. Don't you, don't you hope that when people encounter us that, that they recognize us as men and women who had been with Jesus? I pray that that's how people see us. Um, John 15, verses four and five, and I skipped over a couple scriptures in your notes. It says, remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot bear fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. So part of getting back to the basics church and and fixing this foundation is being intentional about spending time with Jesus every day. Not just once or twice a month when it's convenient to go to church. Not just on Wednesday or Thursday night when you have small group. Spending time with Jesus every day in, in and through everything that you're doing. Know his word. Be intimate with him. Spend time in prayer. Seek him. Number two, um, become like Jesus. We can't just, it's not enough just to, to be with him. We have to become like him. Romans 12 says, um, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. How do we become like Jesus? We spend time with him and then we remove those things that are of this world. Remove those things of of this world. We remove that sinful nature that's part of us and replace it with the spirit nature that wants to come inside of us. Remember, again, our first scripture, it said that we were um, once in darkness, but now we are in the light, amen? We were once in darkness, but now we're in the light. That's what becoming like Jesus looks like. And number three, do what Jesus did. How do we actually do what he did? As apprentices of Jesus, we must, or we are called not only to follow him in spirit, but we're also called to continue his work here on earth. Um, Luke 4.18, if, what did Jesus do? Um, Luke 4.18 says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went around doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil. These are the things that Jesus did in the same way we should do the same thing. I was asked a question um, a couple weeks ago and, and it's, it's changing my life. It's changing my marriage. Um, it's changing everything that I do. And it said this, is, is the gospel evident in the way that you live your life? Is the gospel evident in the way 
that you conduct yourself in your marriage? Is it evident in the way that you parent your kids? Is it evident in the way that you behave in traffic when someone cuts you off? That is my struggle, you guys. Man, way to make me angry. Cut me off. <laughs> um, is it evident? And so I'd ask myself, well, what, what does that mean? What is the gospel? See, we talk about this often in church. We talk about the gospel. We use that word relatively freely. But what is the gospel? And it's simply this, that, that we were sinners. We are sinners destined to hell. That we're in desperate need of a savior and that, that God sent his son Jesus as a sacrifice on the cross. And he paid the price for our sin, offering us unconditional love and forgiveness. Let me tell you, church, if he didn't do that, even one of the smallest things that you did, that little white lie that you told the other day, um, cutting someone off in traffic and, and, and getting frustrated with them, um, lying to your spouse, getting angry, gossiping, the smallest of those would damn us to hell. The smallest of those. And so we have to ask ourselves, church, is the gospel enough? And you know, it's funny because we see in our culture today where people, um, proselytize more about Herbalife and their CrossFit gym more than they do about the gospel, right? Like, and, and I'm not against Herbalife. I know there's some Herbalifers in here. Um, it's great. I like their drinks. That's good. Um, but man, you, you get around someone that does Herbalife, they don't stop talking about it. <laughs> like, stop. I know you, you like Herbalife, right? Or you get around someone that's in a CrossFit gym and it's like, hey, can I tell you about CrossFit? Like, dude, I know you work out, I can tell, like, <laughs> you work out, right? Um, but man, why don't we talk about Jesus this way? Like, if Herbalife has so radically changed your life, shouldn't Jesus have been even more, right? But we feel like we have to hide it, right? So wh why do we do this? Is the gospel enough? Romans 3 um, says it this way, that um, all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standards, but God in his undeserved kindness declares that we are righteous. Guys, that's enough to make us just want to like run in circles in this room and just bust the doors out of here and say, guys, you need Jesus. You need him because apart from him, you're going to live eternally separated from him, right? We need him. Um, I'm, I'm totally running out of time. So, um, The, the second thing that we need to do, um, and I'm just going to rush through this quickly, is we need to tear down the walls of division that have been built in the church by things like politics, denominations, doctrine, race, social status, social justice issues, mask versus no mask, vaccine versus no vaccine. These things are all division that have, have created these walls in our churches. God's word is very explicit. You'll have to look out these scriptures in your own time. Very explicit about division within the body. It, it says to stay away from those type of people. Stay away from people that cause division. To give them a warning once or twice and then have nothing to do with them. And yet here we are, one of the most divided, the most divided religious group on the face of the earth. Um, one of the areas that I want to address real quick is um, division when it comes to generational differences. Um, it, is something that I, I feel the tension of on a, a daily basis, probably, the, the tension between generations. Um, God's word says in Psalm 145, let each generation tell its children about your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Young people in this church, we need the older generation. We need them. We, we can't do this apart from them. Why? Because God's word says it's that way. Older people in the church, 
we need the younger people, right? And, and here we are, we're faced with this reality, church family, that if we don't do something different, there won't be a church of tomorrow. As a young leader, I'm faced with the reality of that if I don't change, if, if we don't change the course that we're on right now, there won't be a church for me to lead in a few years. There won't be a church for your children to attend, your grandchildren to attend. We've got to do something different. So, so how do we do that? How do we break down these generational differences? I've got a few quick things um, that we can do. Um, if you're older, start meeting with somebody that's younger. Just simply as that. And maybe, you're, maybe you've been in here and you say, well, I've tried that and um, you know, that, that young person didn't want to listen to what I have to say or um, you know, they, they rejected it or they just wanted to go their own way. And I want to say I'm sorry for that. I've done that at times. I'm sorry for that. But keep going. Like, just because you face the rejection of man doesn't mean that you stop doing what God's asked us to do. And that's in part the gospel into the next generation. And I think that's part of what's gotten us in this place is that, that the gospel hasn't been imparted into the next generation the way it needs to be, right? Keep doing it. There's a, a couple in this church, um, about five or six years ago, we started getting together with them on a regular basis to the point that they're, they're like our adop adopted aunts and uncles. We call them um, aunt and uncle now. Just, it's kind of a joke, but that's how close we are to them. Um, she calls my wife probably on a weekly basis. Um, it's usually an hour, two-hour phone call. Like, it just goes on and on and on stop talking, right? But, but they're there for us. I get coffee with him um, once or twice a month, and we, and we just talk, and, and he imparts things into me. He comes and helps me with my house. Um, we, we just have a relationship, and I don't know if Molly and I could be more grateful for that relationship in our life. But the church needs to be filled with those. Like, that shouldn't be an outlier, right? Like, we should be filled with, well, this older person's meeting with this younger person. If you're a younger person in the room, seek out the counsel of older people. As simple as that. And, and sometimes you're not going to like what you have to say. Um, I was having one of those conversations with Rich a couple of weeks ago. I didn't like what he had to say, and I got frustrated. And I'm thankful that Rich is patient and wise enough to see through that. And he still likes me, I think. <laughs> Sometimes we're not going to like what they have to say, but keep listening. There's wisdom in what they have to say. This is how we break down these walls of division. We just step out in faith and, and, and go for it. And finally, in closing, and again, I'm, I'm sorry, I had way too much content this morning. Um, church family, we need a move of the Holy Spirit in this church and in churches around our country and churches around the world. God's word says, um, it's not by might, not by power, but my, my, by my spirit, says the Lord. It says that, um, that those that labor apart from his spirit labor in vain, lest the Lord builds the house. They that labor, labor in vain. We need a move of the Holy Spirit. We need to be filling this altar with people that are just crying out for a move of the Holy Spirit. Because again, you guys, if we don't change this, there won't be a church of tomorrow. There won't be Sunday morning gatherings that we can come to, that, that our, our kids can come to, that, that baby Todd over here can come to on Sunday mornings. There, there won't be one, right? If we don't, if we don't change this, 
My, my three-year-old, um, I'm gonna tell this story because I think it's so important. Um, she, she asks so many questions right now, so many questions, um, and we're, especially when we're driving down the road. What's that, Dada? What's that? What's this? So we're driving and, um, you know, usually, and she can pick things out now, like there's doctors, Dr. Moore's office, that's her um, chiropractor, and, and there's where we get Happy Meals, and um, there's the church, and there's the car wash, and so we're driving the other day, and, and she points out this building, she says, what's that, Dada? And I have a hard time even telling this story. I was like, Addie, that's another church. She says, maybe we go there sometime. Man, if I, if I could just be that innocent again, you guys. Yeah, Addie, maybe, maybe we go there again sometime. But we've got all these, these lies and this pretense of, you know, well, that's that church and, and they did this or they said that and... Guys, these are, these are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And it, and it puts off this aroma that, that church isn't something I want to be a part of. Because look at all the division. Look at all the hate. Like these are people that are supposed to love. And, and they don't, right? Maybe we go there sometime. Guys, we got to do this different. We, got, we have to do this different. Our, our next generation, they depend on it. Right? So this morning, um, I've got two things to, to kind of close. Um, one is I just want to challenge you guys to, first of all, study the scripture out, and to find yourself at this altar every single Sunday, even throughout the week. We had someone um, come in this week, Judy. Um, you guys probably know Mike is in the hospital, and Judy comes in on Thursday morning, and she's just crying out to God at this altar. No one else is here, just crying out to him like... People need to be crying out here all week long. I'll open the building for you. I don't care. Cry out to him because we need a move of the Holy Spirit in this place. And, and it doesn't happen by accident. It happens by us hungering for him and seeking after him. So cry out for him this morning, church family. And number two is that if you're in this room and, you know, I ask that question, do, do we know the gospel? Has the gospel really changed my life? And, and you know that because, because there's fruit in your life. And if you're in this room and you say, hey, you know, I've, maybe I've been coming to church for a long time and um, I don't know if the gospel has changed my life in the way that you're talking about, we want to offer that opportunity to you this morning. And God's word is clear, um, really simple. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you'll be saved. And so um, I want to make that... Um, profession this morning, and then you can say the, these words as well. Um, so let's pray, church family. God, God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that, that I hope was spoken this morning. God, I just pray that there'd be some clarity to it and that, that people would walk away different, Lord. And God, if there's anyone in this room, Lord, that hasn't made that decision, God, it's as simple as this, is just saying, um, and say this with me, church, if, if this is you. Um, God, I know that I'm a sinner and that apart from you, I fall short of your standard. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross and save me from my sin. I pray that my life would be forever changed. I acknowledge you as my Lord and my Savior. And from this day forward, I choose to follow you and your plan that you have for my life. Amen. One more thing. Um, 
You know, I think that there's some young people in this room, and I've been feeling all week that I need to share this. There's some young people in this room that you felt a call to ministry on your life before, and maybe you took a stab at it and it didn't work, or maybe you didn't know where to start, but God is looking for young people to say, I'm going to step out and and I'm going to do this, even though it's hard, even though it looks like the church is dying, I'm going to step out into ministry. And I just want to tell you this morning to keep chasing after it. There have been so many times where I've wanted to quit, so many times, but God wouldn't let me. And so if you're a young person in this room this morning and you feel that call, that God is calling you to ministry, to change lives, take that step. God, we thank you, Lord, for this morning, and I pray that during this time of worship, we invite your Holy Spirit into this room. We ask for a move of your Holy Spirit in our churches, not just Life Change Church, but churches all around Muskegon County, Lord, an outpouring of your Spirit, Lord, that the violence in Muskegon County would come to an end, Lord, that the walls of division between race in Muskegon County would come to an end, Lord, that the walls between churches, that there's churches that we don't even feel like we can say their name, Lord, that those, that division will be broken in the name of Jesus. God, in that, God, we declare, God, a future, a bright future for your church. God, I thank you that your word says that on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.